0: Amos chapter 5. I'll read out verses 21 through 24. I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This is God's Word. Amen. Let's take our seats. Let's pray together. Our Lord God, as we come now to your Word we pray that you would help us to understand it believe it and live it in the name of Jesus amen one of the most uh, popular american comedy shows is has been friends and friends recently had a reunion on HBO, it's not a, I haven't seen it, Um, but I'm sure they got together again and had a great time. Uh, In Friends, uh, there was one ongoing character known as Fun Bobby, and Fun Bobby, as his name indicates, was a lot of fun. But as the character developed uh, through the early parts of Friends, it became clear that Fun Bobby was only fun because most of the time he was uh, tanked up on alcohol. And when this became clear and he decided he better stop drinking, Fun Bobby became a lot less fun. In fact, uh, Chandler, one of the characters in the program, program, dubbed him no longer Fun Bobby but Ridiculously dull, Bobby. Sometimes things can seem more fun than they really are. God's people at the time of Amos had the most amazing worship experience. It was dynamic. With music to die for. Extraordinary sacrifices and drama. And yet, God says, really, it was hateful. What could it be that God would declare about a gathering of his people? I hate Answer Injustice. Now, as we continue to look at the book of Amos and the good news of God's justice, we come to what really is one of the most famous parts of the book. And here we discover what God does not want and what God does want. So what God does not want, uh, verses 21 to 23. Always helpful here at College Church to have a Bible. So bring one next time if you didn't this time. Verses 21 to 23. What God does not want. And to get a sense of what was going on, you've got to imagine the scene. Uh, There Amos was in Bethel, as we saw last week. Bethel was the great northern kingdom center of worship that had become idolatrous. And Amos is there and there's this amazing worship experience going on and there's all this drama and dynamism. And then suddenly in the middle of this worship experience, God Speaks. See, there's a change of pronoun right before verses uh, 21. Amos is speaking for God. He's, he's saying, woe to you. Is it not the day, is not the day of the Lord darkness? Uh, Amos is speaking for God. But now, in verse 21, suddenly God speaks directly. I... God says. And there must have been pin drop silence when, like a thunder clap, God spoke. And what is it that He says about these feasts, these worship services, that is so wrong? Well, there's one repeated word that reveals what. Uh, God is against, what He does not want. See if you can spot it. Verse 21, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Uh, By the way, that, that translation that we have here of solemn assemblies is a little bit unfortunate. It goes back to the King James Version translation. But when the King James translated, solemn didn't mean what it mostly means today. They used the word solemn to indicate religious, sacred. Not a political assembly or a family assembly, but a religious assembly. Of course, today, solemn has the meaning of serious, heavy, but their, their assemblies weren't like that. They were filled with drama and excitement. And the word is just assemblies in the original. But anyway, so again, spot the, the, the repeated word that reveals what God does not want. I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies, even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I will not accept them. That word accept is a technical word from the Levitical priesthood in the Old Testament. Uh, God is saying that He is operating as His own priest. And these sacrifices are not acceptable. They're not mm, kosher. I will not accept them. Again, spot the repeated word. And the peace offerings of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen. What God is saying is that their worship (coughs) is their worship. It's not really about him at all. It's all about them and what they want. They've defined it. It's for them and about them. It's so easy, isn't it, for worship gatherings to become like that? My worship experience. Our church. It's not our church, it's God's church. It's not my worship. It's it's the worship of the living God. But what is more, because this worship experience has become so centered on their own preferences... Because of the nature of what idolatry is, you remember last week we looked at what an idol is. So, idolatry is the reversion of the created pattern. So, we are made in the image of God. Idolatry is making God in our own image. They had made God in their image and worshiped, therefore, in their, uh, in accord to their preferences and, therefore, what is more, it became idolatrous, and this is um, specified in, in right after. So God's uh, direct speaking into this worship service actually continues in verses 25-27. We didn't have it read out, but if you look at verse 26, uh, God says this, You shall take up Sikath, your king, and Kion, your star god. Your images... Idolatry is making God out of your own image. Your images that you made for yourselves. So, because their worship was all about them, inevitably, because that's the nature of what idolatry is, it became idolatrous. Now, no one knows what these idols Siketh and Kion were. This is the only time these names are mentioned in the whole of the Old Testament, so no one knows what they were, but we have a pretty good hint. So in the New Testament, Stephen, in his famous speech, Stephen was the first Christian martyr and he gave this amazing sermon at his martyrdom. Stephen, in his speech, Referred, quoted to this, this very, uh, very passage in the Bible. He quoted from it. But when he quoted from this part, he translated Sikuth and Cayun as the idol Mbaloch. And the reason why Stephen did that is because the Greek version of the Old Testament translated. Sikath and Kayune Moloch. So is Sikath and Kayune the equivalent of Moloch? You see, in the, in, in the ancient times, idols were sort of branded as one name in one country and then it, by another name in another country, but everyone knew they were the same thing. And so if these are Moloch, we do know something about that idol. Moloch was the idol of the um, Phoenicians and Ammonites that then spread and became popular throughout the Middle East. Moloch was a fertility god that you had to appease. Remember we said that that idols always demand sacrifice from you, whereas God in his graciousness sacrifices himself for you. Moloch demanded sacrifice from his followers. And the particular sacrifice that Moloch demanded to appease him, to guarantee a good harvest, was child sacrifice. In fact, there was a valley in ancient Israel called Hinnom that uh, Jesus, when he was preaching, used the name Gehenna to refer to. And Gehenna, Jesus used as symbolic of hell. And perhaps you can begin to get a sense of why God says, I hate it. Worship is meant to be the gateway to heaven. And it had become the portal to hell. And you say, well, how how is that possible? How is it possible that the people of God, in any place, at any time, could so pervert their worship that they end up at Gehenna at Hinnom with child sacrifice and the idolatry of Moloch how is that possible? Well because and it's indicated here in the text too look at verse 22 God speaking even though you offer me your burnt offerings in other words They were still sacrificing to God, too. See, see, the apologetic is, well, what's wrong with that? Let's, Let's be inclusive. Let's appease the different gods. Let's include everyone. Technically, it's known as syncretism. Or polytheism. Or pluralism. And it had been the temptation of ancient Israel for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right back to when Moses spent too long for their taste up on the mountain hearing from God. They made for themselves... Golden calf. But they, they said of that golden calf, these are your gods, O Israel, who led you out of Egypt. In other words, this is just another expression of the same experience. And what could be wrong with that? Solomon had done the same. Oh, he'd worship God. But by the end, he also set up this statue, this sacred shrine, this idol to these different... Let's include Everyone. same had happened in the northern kingdom at Bethel. And once we understand that's the apologetic for this kind of devolution of worship. Once we understand that's the argument for it. Let's all get along. We realize how close we are to it today. And in some places we're already there. Have you seen the bumper sticker coexist with all the different symbols of all the different religions all together uh, at the same size? Let's just all get along. But actually, ironically, the way for us to get along is to get God. Christians are to love their neighbor of whatever faith or none because of their love for God. But the coexist philosophy, that will only accept you if you agree to its philosophy. Otherwise it will cancel you. And may even deny your right to exist. For after all, baby sacrifice happens today. That's what God does not want a kind of fake piety that is the portal to hell. What does he want? Well this is in verse 24 and it is the, uh, the central part of the melodic line of the book. It is the most important and famous text in the whole book, verse 24. This is what God does want. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. So what does God want? Justice and righteousness. But, of course, the question is, what does that mean? I mean, there are are so many different definitions of justice today and so many different ideas of what righteousness might be. What what does it mean that God wants justice and righteousness? What, What sort of justice are we talking about here? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and self. Love your neighbor as yourself. This justice and this righteousness in the Old Testament... Expresses the covenant responsibilities of God's people. So God's people are in a special relationship with God, and because of that special relationship, they have covenant or relationship responsibilities. And those covenant responsibilities expressed over and over again in the Old Testament as justice and righteousness. They're almost synonymous terms, justice and righteousness. They almost mean the same. Not quite, but they often go together, justice and righteousness, and they almost mean the same. They are what God said to Abraham long, long ago before this was even written, was to be the hallmark of Abraham and his people. I'm calling Abraham, God said in Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, that he might establish justice and righteousness for his family and for those who will come after him. When we think of justice, we we tend to think, perhaps you've seen the statue of what's sometimes called Lady Justice outside a court. And there you have a statue of a woman with a blindfold over her eyes. In one hand is a sword, and in the other hand are scales that are meant, of course, to balance. And that symbol of justice is, of course, intended to indicate that justice should be blind to bias, punish wrongdoing, and establish what is fair and equal with the scales. But when we think about justice and righteousness in the Old Testament, we should think of a slightly different picture. Justice is the judgment and order to protect the vulnerable and punish wrongdoing. Righteousness is doing the right thing for the vulnerable. Very close, slightly different meanings. So then, think of a statue like this. On the one hand, the hand is extended to push back evil, to protect the vulnerable, and to punish wrongdoing, justice. And the other hand is extended to the vulnerable, To lift them up. Righteousness. And that is what God wants. For his people. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and self. And to love your neighbor. uh, 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 And to love your neighbor as yourself. Justice. And righteousness. Righteousness. But of course, we have to be honest, don't we, that even the New Testament church, even the Christian church, has not always lived up to that ideal. But one person did. He too opposed fake worship. He went to the temple. And cleared out the money changers, saying, My house is to be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he threw them out. And he opposed the Pharisee. And he lifted up and healed the sick and the poor. And one day He was crucified, and He took on Him all the unrighteousness and injustice of the world, so that in Him you might be just and righteous. In fact, you know this image here is so beautiful, isn't it? Roll down like waters, and like an ever-flowing stream. Of course, it's, it's desert idea. It's sort of just like a spring that, that momentarily lasts, or a well that's there for a little bit but can dry out. No, this is an ever-flowing stream, waters constantly rolling down. In fact, you know, Jesus, one time used that image. Speaking to the woman he met at the well, those who believe in me, within them shall well up life forever. That uh, Friends uh, show is still very popular. But interestingly, actually, these days, um, any kind of TV is being watched less and less. I guess streaming is still huge, but uh, cable or certainly over-the-air TV is being watched less and less and less. And becoming more popular is online gaming, video gaming, and all that. Fascinating, with video gaming, you have the opportunity to create your own world and you can defeat the bad guy and then establish a new world of peace and order. Of course it's a fantasy. Or is it? Because deep within each of us there's that desire for home. For a place of justice and righteousness, and you can be a part of it. All you need to do is receive His righteousness. Let's pray together. Oh Lord God we do pray that the worship here at Cottage Church should always be about you and not our preferences or desires. We pray Lord that as we encounter you you would renew us that we might reflect your character more in the world that we might be people of Love and mercy and kindness, justice and righteousness. We pray, Lord, for those here this morning who don't yet know you. Our Lord Jesus, would you show yourself to them as the king of love and the one who can establish a kingdom of justice and righteousness. And so we bow before you in love, in Jesus' name. Amen.